Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, we have another incredible guest joining us, Lou Accustom, or also known as Brother Lou. We have him here today. He is a multi-talented author, songwriter, publisher, promoter, TV and radio host, event coordinator, workshop presenter, and on and on and on and on and on. You have so many amazing things under your belt, Luke, that you are doing in your life. And the Lord has been using you mightily. So it's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. You know, I mean, I just did an interview last week. And the funny thing about it is I had a cold. You know what I mean? And uh, my, my, my voice had just left because all weekend we were ministering. You know, and by the time, you know, I got home, I couldn't even talk. And yep. then I had to do the interview and then, oh, my God, it sounded bad. But oh, no. <laughs> hey, it's you out know? there. It's out there. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, you know, you have to do what you have to do, you know. Yeah. Love and yep. willing. As long as you get so, the word out there, that's the main thing. Come on. Come on. Amen. So today we're going to be talking about our topic today is from gospel rap to outreach. And so this is kind of okay. our topic today, from gospel rap to outreach. And so you are considered yeah. one of the oldest active gospel rap evangelist in the u.s is that yeah. true oh yeah oh yeah i mean wow. you can check with a lot of folks including rolling stone magazine a couple others Man. you know when they started looking at uh who the actual rappers a lot of rappers may be close to my age but they're not active right now you know i mean you got guys like ice cube and and buster rhymes and them guys but they're, they're still young you know they're, 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 so they're. you know i think um between Curtis Blow and a couple other guys, they're almost getting up there. But I just yep. hit 70 years old, you know? So there's nobody out there like me. There's nobody, you know, hit my <laughs> yeah, age that, yet. That energy is still. <laughs> they're getting close, but they're not That's there good. yet. You Man, know? Well, it's such a good thing to have you on the show today and to hear a little bit about your story, how it all started. So just go ahead, Lou. How did you meet the Lord? Where did you find your cult of ministry? Some things like that. Well, um, why find the Lord? It goes way back. Uh, goes back to 1988, August uh, 16th. Well, you know, I mean, I went to Catholic church, you know, when I was young. And uh, I did my first communion. I did my, you know, confirmation and all that back then. But I got away from the whole thing because of, you know, everything was what they told you. Everything was what the priest told you, you know, what the nuns told you. You know, you didn't do anything on their own, you know. Okay. Uh, but how I, you know, put it this way, how I found the Lord. And the Lord was never lost. It was me that was lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. He found me. He came right into a coma. All right. I was in a coma. And uh, back August 1988, August 16th to be exact. And uh, I was in this coma. And before I went in, 
uh, I was overdosing on pills because I had busted my my uh, wrist playing baseball and I slid it to home and the plate went up and so did my wrist and I Man. snapped it back and it, I was in such pain that they gave me a bunch of pills and it, the pain was still there so I just kept you know taking more and more pills you know plus I had a couple of other little things that were probably hidden somewhere in there and um, so I start I went you know the nurse first. Uh, put the thermometer on there and she went 110. Are you kidding me? Are you, are you playing games with me? I says, no. And then she saw me shaking. So she gave me a blanket. I put the blanket on. It's summertime. You know what Man. I mean? In August. And, and I was shaking like I was cold. And, uh, you know, then she asked me, are you okay? I says, no, I, I don't feel okay at all. I was sweating and everything, but I was shaking at the same time. But make a long story short, I, you know, they tried to uh, do an EKG machine. They put it on me. They didn't find a heartbeat. They didn't find a pulse. And little into that, I went into coma. They rushed me to uh, uh, Ohio State University Hospital in Columbus, Ohio. And from there, you know, next thing I know, you know, I woke up, you know, later on. But the funny thing about it is, well, it wasn't really funny, but it was serious. The night before, the, the day before that, at four o'clock, I heard Bob Larson. Uh, this guy on, on radio, I don't know if you know who Bob Larson is, but Bob yeah. Larson was talking to some kids, you know, about, you know, Jesus and about uh, voodoo and all this other stuff. And I said, oh, no, I'm not going to listen to this. I tried yeah, to take my earphones off. And as I did this and I leaned over to do it, I felt like a knife going through my back. I froze and I left it there. Then I just lied back a little bit and just kept hearing. And Bob Larson is talking about, you know, uh, you know, you can't live another day without Jesus, you know? I mean, tomorrow wasn't promised to any of us. If you lied today, you know, so he was telling the whole story, and I said, oh, my God, this guy. And then I started feeling um, like I was convulsing. I felt like, you know, I was sweating and all that, and I felt really, like, out of it. And I said, Lord, I don't know what's happening, but, you know, get me out of this, you know what I mean, so I can, I can be straight with you, you know? And, of course... You know, I went into a coma, but when I went into a coma, let me tell you, I'm from the Bronx. I used to be involved in drugs, gangs, you know, the whole nine growing up, okay? And right then and there, God came right into my coma, all right? And I couldn't believe what was happening, but it it, it went back like a story. When I was about 17, there was a cop that, that ran after me, shooting at me, you know, because he thought I was, I, I was ripping off this cab driver. And he just shot, kept shooting, shooting, and shooting. And six bullets went right by me. I wasn't looking behind me. I was just running. And I finally got away five blocks later, you know. And the thing about it is God showed me the face of the cop. It was almost like if I had eyes behind my back while I was running because he showed me the face. Another thing is um, my, uh, my first wife, she passed away, but she put voodoo on me. You know, actual voodoo on me. And I know if you're in Brazil and... Oh, and yeah, in all that's the type places, of stuff we have here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it better than they do in the U.S. And, yeah. um, you know, that kept me into all kind of stuff and trouble and everything, you know, because she was jealous and she didn't want nobody to be with me or anything because, you know, I can't have you, nobody can, you know, that whole nine. So she yep. put that on me. Um, But I saw who it was. You know, I OD twice in my life. You know, and those two things, times that I OD'd, I don't know how I got out of it. You know, when you get out of those things, you, you just, oh, my God, you're breathing again. You don't right, know. Right. And God started showing me these things, you know. 
And that's when I knew it was God. I knew it couldn't be nobody else because I've never seen any of these people before. So, yep. you know, only God can show me this. So anyway, I'm coming out of the coma. It's midnight, okay, around that time. And I'm in here, and I'm in this room, and the nurse comes by. Oh, you're up. Let me tell the doctor, you know, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing this voice from the hallway, and it's a radio's blasting. And that radio's talking about Jesus. And I said, the nurse comes back. I says, do you hear what I'm hearing? She says, okay. Uh, I says, what is that voice, you know, talking about Jesus? He says, She says, uh, oh, that's Bob Larson. He comes on at 4 o'clock and at 12 o'clock every day talking to kids about drugs and other And then what she said was, maybe today he's talking to you, you know? And that, that was it. My hair went up and everything the else went up. Man. And I said, okay, you ain't got to confirm it anymore. That's it. Hey, and, okay, God, I heard you loud and clear. You know, that's it. You know, I accepted Jesus into my heart, you know, came out, started looking into, okay, now what is, since I was in Catholic school, a Catholic church all this time didn't believe in nothing. What is the right religion? What is the true religion? What is all that? You know, and I was searching and searching and searching, you know, and finally God, you know, showed me it's not about religion. It's about your relationship, you know, your relationship with my son, with God, with me through, you know, Holy Spirit and all that. And wow, I mean, that whole, that whole transformation came. Um, and then from there, you know, I, I just started like, okay, we started a Bible study here, Bible study. Everywhere I went was a Bible study. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Introducing the newest release from Bishop Robert G. Moore, God, I Appreciate You. This uplifting gospel track is an expression of gratitude to the Almighty for His grace and blessings. With Bishop Moore's soulful voice and heartfelt lyrics, God, I Appreciate You, will uplift and inspire you to thank God for all that He's done. Don't miss out on this powerful message of gratitude, available now on YouTube. Don't miss out on the chance to elevate your relationship with God and live an extraordinary life with Soaring for the Kingdom by Desla Christian. This guidebook is filled with practical advice, real stories, and lessons from God's Word to help you overcome common fears and questions about your faith walk. Order your copy of Soaring for the Kingdom on Amazon today and start your journey towards a closer walk with God. I was here, we were in a Bible study and I was hearing this raunchy music. I mean, everybody heard of NWA, you know, Apple. but these were BWA, these were women, okay, calling themselves female dogs, you know what I mean? And talking raunchy about sex with men and how they would do it and everything. I said, oh, and I, you know, we stopped our Bible. I said, Lord, get rid of that. <laughs> you know, we're trying to have a, a Bible study and look at that. And, and they're blasting this music, you know, and that night I, w I went in and we started to pray, you know, and I said, Lord, I, I just want you to stop this music that these kids are listening to and this and that. And as clear as day, you know, God was showing me, well, why don't you do it? <laughs> and I said, did I hear somebody say something? Because, no, I'm a little yeah. too old for this, okay? This is not what? my forte. I, I'm not going to do this. Yeah, but God showed me, you know, I was back in the day, in the day of the gangs, we were doing rap back then. You know, we were doing secular stuff. We were singing secular. You know, and this is a chance to do it for God. But um, I, I just didn't, I, I wasn't really, it was like, 
when Moses went to the burning bush and God told him to go back to Egypt, and he said, well, you know, he made every excuse in the book not to go back, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But finally he went back anyway, you know? And so I'm over here just saying, oh man, I, I, I don't know if I can do this. And a guy came up to me and says, hey, Brother Lou, guess what? I said, what? It says, there's a guy called the rapper Reverend, and he's on the radio right now. You got to hear him, you know? I said, all right, call. So we put him on. And he's he's talking about uh, uh, how to be a man. You know what I mean? That was his whole rap. Wasn't nothing Christian. It was just trying, you know, how to be a man. And he was a a preacher, you know. So you know, my buddy says you can rap better than that. I said, yeah, but I don't know if I want to get into all that. You know, <laughs> little by little, God started showing me scripture. Yeah. You know, because uh, you know it was like I don't think anybody's really gonna gonna get into this or like this. You know, but. But it was a thing that I says, okay, well, I'm going to try. So I started, and, um, you know, he started giving me J-E-F-U-S, um, you know, and he started on uh, with, with what I was doing, you know, at that time. So I started with, you know, um, like J-E-S-U-S, he's Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, he's Lord, J-E-S-U-S, salvation, what was he dying for? You know, this so these right. things I had, I had done. And then I had put it together. So in doing that, you know, it was a thing that, you know, I had to continue, but I had to look more into the word of God, you know. And um, so I started, you know, looking scriptures and doing scriptures. And so I started my whole work, you know, doing it that way. Now, when it came to a part that um, when I was out in 92 trying to go cover Northeast Ohio with mm -hmm. Christian rap, people weren't going for it. You know, and, you know, I, I just came up and told him, look, this is something that God gave me. Isaiah 43, 19 says God is doing a new thing in the land and you will not perceive it. And that is the reason why I know I have to continue with this ministry. You know, he also said in that verse that in the sand, there will be uh, uh, um, there will be uh, a spring coming through, you know, the desert. And where else do you see? water in the desert but in a mirage so god is going to even do a miracle so you can wake up not just that but in the wilderness there's nothing but bushes and brushes and trees or whatever he's going to so show you a path in the wilderness so i believe god is going to open the doors as a new thing he's going to come in and he's going to show you miracles wonders and signs and he's going to direct the path for us to guide through and what Reach else? <laughs> he also gave me in in First uh, Corinthians nine twenty two to the least I became the least so that one can be saved. So therefore, if we go out there and preach the word to people in our verses, then therefore they can hear the word. And faith comes by hearing the word of God, yeah, you know, and by hearing your testimony. You know, that's how people can get saved. And then you know, Psalm one Psalm one forty nine says, "Bring unto the Lord a new song." Not the same yep. old hymns, not the same old stuff that we've been hearing forever, but a new song unto the Lord. Amen. So that's how, you know, Amen. things started with the ministry, you know. That's amazing. And tell, let's talk a little bit about outreach because you love music. You, you've been doing this for a while and you work with a lot of amazing people. We'll talk about that soon, but let's talk about the outreach. So why is this important to you? When you become a Christian, okay, the first thing God gives you, you know, God gives us a job in a ministry. You know, oh. a little bit after, you know, we become a Christian, you start reading in it. God says you are now in the ministry of reconciliation and he gives you a job. Go ye into the world, preach the good news so that you can reach the world. 
So those two things alone, the job he gives you and the ministry he gives you should be able to do outreach. Now, the thing I do, I do workshops, okay, in the Kingdom Outreach Training Center, which I'm the executive director. And what we do there is we train other people uh, that may want to come in. It could be rappers. It could be anybody that wants to know their purpose for a successful life. The first thing you have to do is obedience, okay? You obey God. I mean, if the world was to humble themselves, you know, and obey God, what would he do? He will heal the land. You know, that's the first thing. The second thing you got to do is pray, your prayer life. You got to build up your prayer life. The third thing is your word life, your scriptures, your word. You got to get into the word, you know, so that you can start hearing God's voice. So you can fight against the enemy when anything is happening. You have the full armor of God and you're using that. Your breastplate of righteousness, your helmet of salvation, yep. the sword of the spirit, the shoot of peace, everything there. You got to be able to do it and know what you're doing. The third thing or the fourth thing is um, uh, evangelism. OK, yeah. evangelism, because he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So we have to evangelize. The fifth thing is discipleship. We have to disciple our people to know how to go and do outreach. And of course, the sixth thing is outreach itself to do activations, to be able to go out. It doesn't matter if you're in Walmart or whatever. You know, if God gives you the spirit right there and you're praying, he says, go talk to the lady in the rainbow shirt. That's what you do. You know what I mean? Yep. You got to be ready about outreach at all times. Oh. What would you say no... to those people out there who are who are afraid to do outreach? Because I know it's oh, yeah. so intimidating to get outside of the comfort zone to do this, exactly. right? What would you say to yep. those people today? Well, uh, that's why we have the Kingdom Outreach Training Center. So we can teach because there's so many churches that they're not doing, you know, the ministry of reconciliation. They're not doing outreach. They're not doing evangelism. They're just playing nice so that they can keep their con uh, congregation. But they're yep. not going out there to reach people, you know. So those that want to reach people, that's one of the things we do. You know, we do the workshop and teach them, look, this is part of your job. This is part of your ministry to reach the world for Jesus. You know, and I love the way you say there, Lou, because it's not just the pastor's responsibility. It's not just the missionary's responsibility. It's That's the right. church member. It's the, the son Everybody. and daughter of God. If you are following Christ, you should be going to do the ministry That's right. as well. That's right. I think that absolutely one, one of my true. books is called Church Growth, you hmm. know, and, and well, it's not church growth, it's strategic growth. But it's for churches, community, and businesses so that they can see that using their resources, they can uh, mobilize their own congregation to go out and do things. You know, uh, one yep. thing that started real big was the cell groups, the life groups, and all that. But why are you not using those cell groups, those cell group leaders to come in and learn how to mobilize their people to go out? If they're in a cell group, okay, like in the old days, they came in to pray together and really? to evangelize and everything together. But that's the same group. If they're praying together, don't keep it within yourself. That's don't nice. make it a, a, a coffee club or a book club where you come in and study a word and you pray and that's it. You know, get those people prepared, disciple them to do outreach. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do to get whatever it is. If you want us to come talk to your cell groups, we'll talk to all of them. And that's what they need to do. Because that's the only way that the church is going to grow, okay? Declining churches, there's a lot of reasons. You know, the, the preacher ain't preaching right. Uh, people are gossiping. You know, he's not coming direct. He's not telling people exactly what it is. He's being too passive. He's being too nice. He's trying to be your friend. Like like I used to tell my wife, 
don't be my son's friend. Be his mother. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. And too many pastors do that. They want to be friends to, you know, the congregation. It says to love them, but it didn't say it was going to be easy. So you got to tell them what, what's going to happen. You know what I mean? If they don't, of course, they're going to do whatever. And, you know, oh, that pastor's cough and this and that. Well, you know what? Sometimes you need to preach, you know, fire and brimstone. You know what I'm saying? To let people know that, hey, they need it. You know, they need it. So, but um, yeah, that's that's pretty much how we do it. We, we try to preach and teach, you know, everybody. And one of the things when I get on the radio, TV, whatever, you know, I, I talk about the kingdom, you know, and I let pastors know right away. I says, listen, it's OK. You want to build your church. But when you keep it within your church, your church is not really going to grow, you know, because you're concerned about your congregation your denomination, and denomination splits up the body of Christ. So therefore, think kingdom, kingdom thinking, because if you do that, it doesn't matter who you go out to minister to. It doesn't matter if your whole 500 people go out and minister to the whole area. That's helping the entire community, and it's helping the body of Christ, and it's helping the kingdom, and it's glorifying God. So yeah. when you turn around and all you're doing is, oh, I don't want you to go there because uh, that's not part of our church, you know, and you kind of keep it here. You're doing clicks, and that's what they did. That's what the Pharisees did and all these guys in the old days, and you're just doing it today. So you're yep. keeping clicks, you know, and Jesus, when he came, he's talking about the whole kingdom. He picked 12 guys, could have picked 13 guys, okay, but the 13th guy that was supposed to be the apostle was the rich man, and he told him, how can I get to heaven? How can I do this and that? He said, give up all your stuff and follow me. And what did he say? Oh, I can't do that. So he was supposed to be the 13th apostle, you know, but he, that didn't happen, you know. But, you know, all the and other How many guys, of us today, Lou, if we were asked the same question from the Lord, hey, follow me, leave your comfort, leave your, your follow me. I, I don't know, man, it's... I got it's a, hard. I've got a pretty good life here. I don't want to go, you know? Exactly. It's a hard thing to answer. Let, it's let a me hard tell you thing. How, let me tell you how we sometimes answer that question. I, we had a pastor that come up and he said, oh, man, I was fasting this week for seven days. And, man, and, and we said, well, what did you fast? Oh, man, I gave up TV this week. I turned around and I said, that's not fasting. And that's he says, it. no, then what do you call fasting? I said, give up your phone for a week, you know? He said, I, I can't do that. I said exactly yeah. what the rich man said to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, 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 for real. And yeah. I'm a missionary here, Lou. I haven't been back in the States for almost five years now. I've been in Asia <sighs> and now Brazil, but I, I'm not going to say it's, yes, it's challenging. It's tough. I miss many things, but I left when I was single. I left when I didn't have much, you know, I was, I recovered from a drug addiction and I, you know, had, didn't have much. And so when God said, go, I was like, shoot, take me. What else Amen. am I going to do? You know? Not but yet. now I have a family and it's more complicated to do that. Wow. Now I have a son, I have a wife and wow. it's a little more challenging when God says, go, I have more things yes. to lay down, but I would never not do it. You know what I mean? Like right. it's worth everything to right. put it all away and to follow the Lord. That's it. I mean, what else can you compare? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. But you got to be faithful no matter what, you know, because God gave you your wife and your kids as a gift. Yeah, he for sure. He gave Abraham that gift. Uh, Isaac, you know, when they were, you know, thinking that nothing was going to happen, he says, I'm still going to give you a gift and it's going to bless you and it's going to turn into 
all the nations, you know? And what yeah. happened there? When God said, hey, go and sacrifice Isaac, you know? The first thing that Sarah came with, you better not not let nothing happen to Isaac if you're taking him with you, uh -huh. you know? So he had all this stress on him, you know? First of all, God, you gave me a gift, my son. Now you want him back, you know? And then what his wife is doing and going through, you know, yeah. he was a humble guy listening to his wife all the time because anybody else would have said when she said, go take my handmaid, you know, somebody else would have said, what? Are you kidding me? No. And then, you know, so he just said, well, okay, no problem. You know, we'll, we'll yeah. go ahead and do that. And yeah, got yeah. his handmaiden uh, pregnant. But the thing is that he goes all the way up there and he's ready to kill Isaac and sacrifice him. And God said, okay, now I see that your faith is true, you know. God will supply, you know, so sometimes he gives us gifts, you know, and we fail to have enough faith in God, you know, that to do what he wants us to do. And yeah. so sometimes we lose those gifts. We lose those things, you know, and if we so had many opportunities, you know, that we could yeah. experience. I mean, that that 13th guy you're talking about, he could have experienced the ministry firsthand of Jesus Christ. But yep, 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 yep. you know, and, and that's it. And then, you know, like even the guy that's up in the, you know, the two guys that were next to Jesus on the cross, you yep. know, that guy he says, well, today you're going to come, you know, to paradise with me. That guy wasn't baptized. You know, yeah. that guy didn't didn't go through, uh, you know, saying the Ten Commandments or yeah. salvation he message. Didn't speak or tongues, you know? yeah, he didn't speak in tongues. He didn't do nothing. He just yep. said, you know. You know, that man is innocent. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he said, oh, so you believe in me? Okay, you're going to heaven with me. You know, I'm taking you with me. And that was it. Yep. You know? So sometimes we just have to believe and have faith. And that man had faith. And that's it. And that's why, you know, he went to heaven with him. You know, because when, when you ask people, uh, you believe that God, you know, rose again, you know, and sitting on the right hand of the Father, he knew that he was going to come back. He knew that he was <laughs> going to rise. He knew that he was going to sit with the Father. Because he said yeah. it right there, so he had enough faith, you know. But something um, I was able to preach last week, Lou, is that, in First Corinthians chapter three, where it's talking about the the judgment seat and saying that. Let me pull up the verse real quick. Each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anything is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. And so yeah. I think I was reading through this and I was like, man, this is crazy. I'm a missionary today. I sacrificed my family, my comfort, my language, my culture, all of these things to be here today. But I don't want to get to the end of my life and the Lord say, it didn't pass through the fire. Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't know you. You know, how yeah. awful. Because yeah. we can still do all of these things for the Lord. Yeah. But if it doesn't pass through the, the fire, everything you're saying today, it's... It's our responsibility as sons and daughters of God, as yeah. children of God. This is what we have to do. Well, one of the main responsibilities that we have is to the Holy Spirit. You know, to have the Holy Spirit in you and let the Holy Spirit, you know, yeah. guide you in everything. You know, when you don't when you don't understand something, you know, call on to God. You know, mm. I mean, Jeremiah thirty three three says, Call on to me and I'll show you great and mighty things. Well, in those great and mighty things, you know, God will show you his voice that you listen to. He'll show you clarity and things he wants because he knows that the enemy can can bring anything and, and say something to you also. And you can listen to it, you know, and and delay yourself, 
because you're yep. listening to the enemy, you know, rather than listening to God's voice. And how do you know it's true? Because it's in the word, you know? Yep. So if he's going to say something, it should be in the word. And if you, some people, you know, they're, well, I need confirmation for two or three people. Okay. Then go in the word. And if you see it two or three times, you know, that's a confirmation itself, you know? And I tell people when they say, why did, what if I'm by myself and I'm praying, you know, is God listening to me or not? Because it says when two or three are gathered, he's in the midst. And I says, have you accepted Jesus in your life? He says, yes. Well, if he's in your heart, that's one and you're two. So you and Jesus alone can pray to God the Father because it says, yep. you know, he can only go through God, to, through Jesus' son to get to the Father. He's already in your heart. So when he's there, you speak it in the Holy Spirit and that makes three of you, okay? Yep. So, you know, <laughs> you don't have to get nobody else. You can do it all by yourself. Trust me, you know, and God yep. will be in your midst. And people are like, I never heard that in church. I said, I know. There's a lot of things you've never heard in church. You know, mm -hmm. that's why sometimes you got to get these prophets from Ghana and all these other places that are directly on those mountains talking to God, you know, like the way Abraham and Moses and all everybody yeah. else was talking. You know, they're out there doing it. They got people up there praying up in the mountains 24-7, you know. And I tell them the same thing with when you get into um, sacrifices. Like, for instance, um, that sacrifice that, that uh, Abraham did with uh, Isaac, I mean, what did he do? It became an altar, an altar, uh, yep. um, you know, a, a, a praying altar, you know, to God because that's where he sacrificed. Now, you start doing praying altars, you'll see different places change, you know. <laughs> right now, you're seeing Uganda and a couple other places changing. Why? Because most of the people there now are becoming Christians and they're praying to God. You know, let's say you're in a certain town in Brazil and you got uh, Muslims there on one side. You got witchcraft on the other. You got, uh, you know, Zulu nation, whatever. No. You know, all these people are praying to God, Buddhism and, and everything else are praying to God in one section. And then on the other section of town, you got a bunch of Christians, but they're not praying at all. And who do you think is going to, you know, you got to remember who who rules the earth, you yes, know, man. who's the prince of earth. You know what I mean? And if yeah. they're praying to their to their God right there, you know, they're going to be ruling, you know, that dominion over there, over the yep. Christians. Now, when the yep. Christians take heed to that, because they can't compete with seven times, you know, seven prayers a day, like these other guys are praying. But when they start doing it, pray without ceasing, and they start doing it, then you won't start seeing crimes. You won't start seeing violence. You won't start seeing rapes. You won't start seeing... People get their heads cut off and drugs into the area and prostitution yep. and all this other stuff that comes into an area, you know, when the enemy is controlling that area. Yep. So the prayer yep. altars are very important, you know. Certainly. You start it there, it can go into your heart, it can go into your business, it can go into your car. You start a prayer, you know, a prayer altar wherever you pray to God. Let it be your closet, you know, that's well. your prayer altar. And I'm telling yeah. you, that's what moves the environment. You know, I got that in, in a book called, you know, uh, Atmospheric Solutions, which is one of my books. And and Atmospheric Solution is, you know, for everything, you pray to heaven because heaven is the solution. Right, you know, right. people don't realize that. They're living in a physical world here and they believe that they can do things on their own. They're their own God. You know, 
oh, oh, that's, no that's exactly that. where we're at today, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's it. That, you know, Elkanah, thou shalt, you know, not hold any, any, any other gods yep. before me. You know. Yep. Yep. That's a jealous. Yeah, God. here in Brazil, I was living in a city for a little over a year that had more witchcraft than Christians in the city. Yeah. And I remember going to the church and I preached to the church, guys, what are we doing? You know, they're out here doing crazy stuff and we're just being silent in the church. We need to wake up. We need to go yep. out into the streets. We need yep. to preach the gospel. We need to do those things. And it's it's like, I was new to the city. So I was like freaked out by this, you know, and their, their comfort, they're like, oh, well, we're just going to stay in the church because, you know, oh, they're not going to mess with us. You know, you guys are deceived because they are doing some stuff in the background, you know. We yeah. need to pray. We need to fast. We need to do all of these things. And you're, yeah, you're exactly realize. right. You're exactly yeah, they right. Don't they don't realize that, oh, you know, we're keeping them out. They're not coming into the church. Mm -hmm. But they don't realize why your kids are doing what they're doing. They don't exactly. realize, you know, why things are, are going wrong. They don't realize certain things that are happening on a daily basis. The little things, you know, but, that delay your time, that, that gets you not to be to work on time. And then they fire you because of that. All those little things, you know, add up and people don't realize that that's what's happening when you don't, you know, uh, pray against any evil assignments coming yep. to you. When you don't pray against the bloodline of your father's yep. house and your mother's house and you don't break those spirits that were laid up back in the 1800s, 1900s, you know, during slavery, during African, you know, different things that came in from different worlds, you know, yes, and yep. mixed with the people there. It's just like when when the Jews were mixing up with everybody else, you yep. know. God didn't appreciate that too much, you know what I'm saying? But you know, uh, you got Samson, you got all these guys, you know, including um, uh, well, David. David stood stood firm, but he did a bunch of stuff himself. But his son, you know, was a whole different ball game. You know, had three thousand wives and three hundred concubines or whatever, and then every religion came in there. And I said, yep. ain't this something, you know? I mean, the man had wisdom, but how can he keep up with 3,000 watts? Yeah, no that was way. Just too uh -uh. Much. That was just yeah. too much. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I had a, how that brother did that, but he did it. He did it. Lou, if I could describe you in, in two words, I would say young soul. Man, you are a young soul. 70 years old, no way. I don't believe it. For our audience yeah. who are listening today, just from the audio version, there's no way. You are 80 years or well, 70 people, years old here. No way. Yeah, a lot of people didn't believe it. I had pastors that came in that I used to rap with, or I used yeah. to bring them, you know, rap acts and stuff. And they're like, dude, are you kidding me, man? You know, you 70. I says, yeah, man, I just hit it. Says, wow, I wouldn't have never told nobody that. I said, hey, they still think I'm 45. They don't believe it anyway. So, yeah, I would just tell people, <laughs> just tell people you're, you're 45, you know. 39, just, I'm doing good. I let, I let them, you know, think what they want. But, you know, when yeah. it's time to, mm. you know, they're asking your age, I, I tell them pretty much what it is, you know. And sometimes I got to tell what them in a, in a rap voice, you know, because sometimes they don't believe it. Like, you know, when I'm I'm in the juvenile detention centers and talking and yeah. they're saying, what these old guys are coming here for, you know. And, and then I start, you know, doing my rap with them. And start saying, you're thinking about clocking G's, brother. Please, you need to get down on your knees before you cease to exist. Get out the mix with Satan and the beast wearing 666. Stop trying to be a diehard or live large because you can't even think right or take charge. 
You better get on the right side, the Christ side. I'm not talking about the east, west, north, or south side, or gang banging, or even set claiming. You got to stop the violence, man. No one is blaming you. Get out of the game selling crack or cocaine. They're going to give you a number. Take away your name. Don't get stressed or depressed. Get out the mess. Take a rest so that your life can be blessed. Stop hanging out with all the drugs and all the thugs. Then you can get more love in those slugs. When you're down with your homies, you pick up the gat. You really think that is fat, man. What's up with that? In the state joint, you don't want to be a resident chasing their presidents because you want to represent being hard and doing all your drive-bys and in the joint you're someone's kid faking suicide. Many worried mothers are coming out to say, please pray so my son doesn't die today. Too many mothers are crying. Too many homies are dying. One thing that never changes. The devil keeps on lying. Telling young kids to pack steel for the kill. One eight seven on them thousand dollar bills. And the family's left with another tragedy. Trying to stay together. Hold on to the sanity. Breaks my heart and then makes me cry. I just pray because I don't want to say goodbye. And then I remember I could have been the same, but Jesus came into my life and took away the pain. So keep me in prayer so I can reach the young. They can drop the gun and maybe try the son. Jesus. Amen. Man, standing ovation. Come on, Lou. That's amazing. <laughs> if I had a soundboard, I would put the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that's, you know, we got it. We got to preach and we got to get them yeah. in there. And then from there, we got to. You know, get into the word because right after that, they want to hear more. You yeah, know, and you start talking, you start preaching. Like, whoa, what's this guy about? This is not the normal, you know, this is not <laughs> what I'm used to here. Yeah. So good. And then all and of a sudden, to... you come up with something else. You start talking about Satan and what he's doing to you and, and you know, different things. And, and they start like, oh, okay. Because, you see, with rap and hip-hop, they understand. You know, you're talking to them from the word or reading the Bible, reading the book. They're, they're, they're closed out to you. They're but you mean. bring hip-hop in there, man, they open up. And when you start saying something like, Satan stole the blessing from Adam and Eve when they were deceived because they believed as many people of today that rather play with Satan's way. My brothers and sisters, take heed to what I say. Satan will try to paint you a pretty picture. Before you figure it out, he'll be into your mixer. He comes to lie, cheat, steal all your joy. He comes to take the blessing to kill and to destroy. Don't let the devil annoy you, employ you. Believe me when I tell you, because he'll try to destroy you. And your blessing, oh, he's so depressing. That's why I say to keep investing, investing to the things of the Lord. All together, my brothers and sisters, all together in one accord. How can you afford not to take back all the things that Satan deprived when you confided him? He lied to you. He lied to you. He lied to you. How many of you out there want them to keep lying to you, stealing your, you know, your voice, stealing your freedom, stealing the things from your parents and everything? And then we get into a little preaching mode and stuff like that, you know. Man, so we keep yeah, it going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We keep it going and and you know, and towards the end, you know, I just let them know, you know, there is no guarantee that you will live another second in this life. So catch a blessing and pray you make it to heaven. Only way to do that is to give your life to Jesus. When you ask him in your life, ask him like you really mean it. And if you didn't understand me and you want it in Spanish, no any garantía que tú vivas un segundo de este mundo tan profundo porque así tiene que ser. La única manera es si es con Jesucristo, lo único y el mismo que debes conocer. You know, we got to hit him wherever, you know. How about Portuguese? You got some Portuguese. Come oh, on, my God. If I did, man, I'd be on fire <laughs> right now, Portuguese. <laughs> man, that's that's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. You yeah, are so. indeed a blessing. And you have over 10 books. I want to yeah. tell our audience, check it out on Amazon. You have yeah. over 200 songs that you've written and recorded. You have other artists on, on board as well. So, man, so many d amazing things. We could have 
a two hour interview, three hour, four hour, you could have a week of interviews. You know, there's so much that, that you bring to the table. So Lou, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today okay. on the episode. You had so many things to, to bring for our audience to think about. And how can we get involved? How do, how do we join and maybe send people your direction or maybe invite you guys over to our, our cells or something like you're saying here? Well, um, you know, my, well, I got my, my site, which I'm starting a different one also, because I got brotherlou.com, B-R-O-T-H-E-R-L-E-W.com. Mm-hmm. But I'm also starting brotherlouraps.com because uh, the thing is, that they've asked me so much about that. And we've had, um, like, for instance, Twitter is Brother Lou Raps. YouTube is, is Brother Lou Raps. You know, and all these guys and people keep asking me, you know, about what, what's up with Brother Lou Raps. I says, well, you know, that's either when I'm out there doing rap, when I'm doing spoken word, when I'm preaching the word, when I'm doing, he says, well, why don't you just call it Brother Lou Raps? I say, well, that's what I'm going to do, you know. And they even send me a logo on it. I said, cool, you know, so that's, that's one awesome. of the things there. Um, you can also email me at brotherlou at gmail.com. And um, I can give my phone number, anybody that may want to call, you know, from overseas or wherever. Uh, when you got the U.S. code and then you got uh, 440-670-7017. And, of course, on Amazon, uh, you can see my stuff on, on YouTube. On the Lou Acosta, a.k.a. Brother Lou, you can see my stuff on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, on any one of them, you know, pretty right. much. And so, Excellent. you know, all of them are out there, you know. Thank you so much, Lou. I really appreciate your time here. And if, if you could leave us with one overall thought, one overall piece of advice for our young guys who are listening today. Oh, man. Advice. Uh, make everything in your life positive, you know, because you have challenges every day. There'll be challenges in your career. There'll be challenges in your school. It'll be challenges everywhere you go, you know. But the thing is, you got to have a positive mental attitude, you know, PMA. Once you think positive, everything else, your day will go better. Your finances will be better. You know, anything that's that's negative, you turn it into positive only because you are thinking a certain way. Let me let me just say it this way. Okay. Um, back in 2020, I was running around. I was making a lot of money. I was doing this and that. You know, God wanted me to stop. Okay, I stopped. But... I kept running around and I kept working out. I kept doing so much, okay? <laughs> and I did one biggest mistake. I took a five-hour energy to keep me up, you know, and that thing stopped my heart, all right? So I landed up in the hospital, you know, with a heart attack, you know? Yeah, and when I landed in the hospital, I took a picture and put it on Facebook. I got over 900 replies. Dude, are you okay? Are you going to die? What's going on? I had my kids, you know, from California, from New York, from everywhere, you know, people from all over were, were getting in touch with me, you know, like, what's going on? And so I finally had to put it out, and I says, you know what? It's COVID time. It's June yep. of 2020. It's COVID. Cardiac units, nobody can come in to visit nobody in these hospitals, you know? So God found a worry, you know, to get me in the hospital to minister to people. So that's yep. what I had to do. I had to go in to minister to people, and... I had to use it, you know, as as an alternative to do that. People said they, they thought I was crazy. They said, man, you joking about a heart attack, man? You in there, you talking about you out there preaching to people in there, man, you almost died. What's up with that? Right. And I says, hey, sometimes you got to be positive no matter what, Yeah, you know? 
And I had to use that time to be able to minister, to be able to preach, to be able to read the word and stay in the word. Because <laughs> you don't know how many of them people in that cardiac unit had heart attacks and they didn't make it, you know. So somebody has to be in there to to pray for them. And, you know, since then, I, I, I really started looking on there and I started reading. Um, I started doing a, a book and I never finished it yet, but it's, it's like an elephant you felt like an elephant on your chest, you know, when you're having a heart attack because your heart is stopped and nothing is moving. You're not breathing, you know, and it seems like your blood flow because uh, some some kind of blood clock somewhere stopped everything from flowing, you know. So, you know, I started telling people, you know, when you have a heart attack, people kind of stay away from you because they don't know if you're on your deathbed or not and you're ready to die. They don't want they don't want to be contaminated. Not that it don't work like that. You know, you're not contaminated because somebody else, you know, gets there. You know, they have to work on their own. But, you know, I'm 100% now. You know, that was a couple of years ago, but, you know, that's what happened. And that's why people don't believe I'm 70. You know, yeah. said, you, 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 know. you said you're from the Bronx. It just makes sense. You, oh, you yeah. Are from the, oh, yeah, definitely. You we said Ohio we, at the beginning. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make no, no, sense. I'm from the, you're no, from, I'm from the Bronx. The, I've, right. been, I've been over here like 35 years, but, you know, God moved me out here for a reason. You know, because yeah. I got saved while I was out of here. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, you know, I had a chance to actually, you know, look at things different. You know, and yeah. I did. And so, you know, I thank God for all his blessings and everything uh, he's able to use this, you know, for. You know, and if anybody needs any any help, like, uh, in discipleship, uh, you know, evangelistic. Because there's a lot of people that think they know what they're doing. But, you know what, it's very simple to do. You know, yeah. they can grow. They can uh, have evangelism in their church. They can have discipleship. They can do outreach, and they can use their own resources within their church, to mobilizing them to go out and reach the world. You know, and they'll be a blessing just for that. You know, the church and the pastor that uses, you know, his resources for the kingdom will be blessed more so than he keeps it to himself. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lou. I really, really appreciate your time here today. Again, audience, check out the links below. You can find all of his content there. And Lou, if I can have you end our time with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Amen. Amen. Well, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just come before you right now. I just lift up all these people that are listening, Father God. Let it be a word that will touch them in their hearts, Lord. Let it be something, Father God, if they were mistaken about something that they heard before, let it be so, Father God, that your true word gave them revelation knowledge, Father God, of what is coming out there in the environment, Lord. Lord, let it be so that they follow the word for their purpose, Father God, for their successful lifestyle, Father God. Let it be so that they follow the obedience that you have laid out for them. Let it be so, Father God, that they follow the prayer life and the word life that you have installed for them. Let them be evangelists, Father God, and be worth of their calling into the uh, uh, assignments that you have given them, Father God. Let them be worthy of that calling. Give them the special anointing that they need to go out into the world and preach the word, to disciple those, Father God, that come before them, and to do outreach, Father God, for your kingdom. Lord, let it be so that anything that they do, Father, let them decrease while your name increases, Father God. Let it be for your glory that we do these things, Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name. Bless this radio station. Bless Dallas. Bless, bless the ministry, Father God, and everything here. Give them in abundance, Father God, so through them that they can reach all those, Father God, 
that we have, Father God. So we give it up to you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you. Amen and amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.